Alright legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline, I'm your host Rodney Stewart um, We're getting on to a little later than I was hoping But we're getting on finally to Halloween from 1978, the original And uh, in all fairness, the Halloween movies are a series of movies that I am not very much versed on at all It's just this franchise Originally for me, didn't really grab my attention, but it's a cult classic, and it's worth going back and checking them out properly for once. You know that I have seen the vast majority of this original movie and bits and pieces throughout the entire series, but just you know, if someone was to ask me something about them right now at this point, I don't think I can answer the question one hundred percent honestly. So I'm. Then to check these movies out I was hoping to actually do these Throughout the whole of October That did not happen For one reason or another I'm not going to bore you with that nonsense But it is what it is Screwed up in a major, major way And I just, I'm not even going to use that excuse That just life happened Life got in the way That is a cop out uh, You know, if something's important enough to you You're going to find a time and a chance to actually get something done So I screwed up Dropped the ball But uh, yes We're back at it now um, This one here Very Few sequences within the movie Jumped out at me While I was watching it But again as I say uh, Just Not something that I really Checked out back in the day But essentially the movie and it begins Halloween night, uh, nineteen sixty-three, in uh, the town of Haddonsfield, Illinois, and uh, six-year-old Michael Myers stabs his teenage sister Judith to death with a chef's knife. Nice, there's a new word for you. Uh, a chef's knife, and uh, for fifteen years he's incarcerated at Smith's Groove Sanitary. Terrium. Uh, while he's there, he never speaks a word. Um, on October 30th, 1978, Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Loomis, arrives at the uh, sanatorium to uh, escort Michael to court for a hearing. Uh, the doctor is hoping that Michael will be locked up for life, but Michael manages to escape and uh, goes and kills a mechanic and gets hold of his overalls and you know this, this is really cutting the movie and the shreds right here uh, but you know you find out how he gets his appearance and the mask and everything throughout this movie um, it doesn't really signpost it that much to you that he's actually had it like if you blink you'll miss it but while uh, Luminous is trying to track Michael down, uh, he comes across this uh, pickup truck on the side of the road, and somebody's been killed. And you know, um, when he's leaving, you can see like uh, the 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 clothes that Michael was wearing when he escaped the. The sanitarium So uh, you know it's, There's a lot of stuff on here That uh, Blink and you miss More or less But uh, He's heading back Towards 
Haddonfield and when he arrives there he steals uh, knives and ropes and a white expressionist mask from a hardware story um, and <laughs> the interesting backstory to that mask is um, if you don't know this this is probably going to come as a shocker to you but uh, I heard it a long time ago that it was actually the mask that Michael Myers wears is actually William Shatner's face and uh, you know it was one of these things where you heard it and you never really believed it and whatnot. but you know I did look into it and it turns out that it, that it is actually a mask uh, based on William Shatner's face and um, the exact details of where the mask came from now is kind of escaping me but uh, you can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong here but uh, apparently he was that much of a diva back in the Star Trek days that they had him like this uh, cast of his face to you know work with uh, any uh, makeup and cosmetics that he would need for the show so they would just have to you know land on the set and put this thing on and uh, yes yeah, so it's it sat in storage for a long time after the original run of Star Trek finished and uh, they came across it whenever they were making Halloween so they took the mask and just used it so um, yeah it's not that difficult to dig, dig up some of the info and in that there but uh, it's just that and now that you've, if you didn't know that and now you do know it you're never going to look at him and see him ever again in this movie it's just going to you're going to see the mask and you're going to be like that's Captain Kirk going crazy and going on a spree here so um yeah so back in the movie um on halloween michael sees high school student laurie strode uh drop off a key to the long abandoned mayor's house where he killed his sister at the beginning of the movie uh all those years before her father is like a uh, real estate agent and she drops the keys into this house for someone that wants to check it out um as I say, the father's trying to sell it. Um, Laurie notices Michael stalking her throughout the day, but her friends Annie and uh, Linda dismiss her concerns. Loomis eventually arrives in Haddonsfield and he finds Judith's tombstone missing from the cemetery. Uh, Michael's sister, that is. And he meets with Annie's father, Sheriff Brackett, and they investigate Michael's house where Loomis tells the sheriff that uh, in the 15 years he's known Michael he's realised that he is pure evil uh, Brackett is doubtful of the danger but he goes to patrol the streets while Luminous Luminous? Luminous uh, why am I saying Luminous all the time while Dr Loomis uh, yeah, waits at the house expecting Michael to return but that night, uh, Laurie is babysitting uh, Tommy Doyle while Annie babysits Lindsay Wallace across the street. Uh, Michael follows them, spying on Annie and killing the, the Wallace's dog. Uh, that's never a good start for, uh, you know, everybody wants to see the, the animal survive. <laughs> uh, there's a few of the reviews that didn't they uh, Friday the 13th for your kind like oh I hope that dog's okay but that doesn't happen in this movie um, 
Tommy sees Michael from the windows and he thinks he's the boogeyman, uh, but Laurie does not believe him. Uh, Annie later takes Lindsay over to the Doyle house to spend the night so she can pick up with her boyfriend Paul and get a little bit of the dirty action in there, as they tend to do in these movies. Uh, when she gets into the car, Michael appears in the back seat and he strangles her and cuts her throat. And sooner after, London, her boyfriend Bob, arrive at the Wallace house and find it empty. And after having sex, uh, yeah, again, they have to get the, the dirty on in these movies. It's like a standard practice. So you're going to have a slasher movie where a bunch of teenagers are going to get killed and you need to get a, at least one dirty, perverted scene on there just to keep the, 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 the weirdos and the audience happy um yes right i'm uh where i'm at uh yes bob goes downstairs to get a beer uh michael kills him by pinning him to the wall with a kitchen knife michael then poses as bob in a ghost costume and confronts linda who teases him to no effect annoyed she calls laurie to find out what happened to annie but michael strangles her with the phone cord while Laurie listens on the other end thinking that it's a joke um, Dr Loomis uh, discovers that the stolen car that uh, Michael escaped in from the sanitarium at the beginning of the movie and he searches the streets and back with Laurie suspicious of the phone call she goes to the Walls house to find her friend's bodies as well as Judith's headstone in the bedroom upstairs and um, she runs to the hallway where Michael appears in the dark and he goes after her, slashes her in the arm and causes her to fall over the banister rails and down the stairs. Um, she narrowly escapes, uh, runs back to the Doyle house but finds she's lost the keys to the front door. During the altercation with Michael, uh, Tommy lets her into the house and she orders Tommy and Lindsay, the two little kids, to hide and she tries to use the telephone for help only to find that the phone's dead so uh, yeah he's taken uh, he's cut her off completely he, Michael uh, he sneaks in through the window he attacks her again but she manages to incapacitate him stabbing him in the neck with a needle uh, thinking that he's dead she staggers upstairs to check on the children but is shocked when Michael again appears and attacks her. Uh, she tells the children to hide in the bathroom, and while Laurie hides in the bedroom closet, um, Michael finds her, but she manages to poke his eye out with a coat hanger, I think. Um, yes, um, there's certain things that I've written down here in my notes that uh, I was just kind of like, you know, this is... This has happened and this has happened. And uh, I think she stabbed him in the eye here. But I'm not 100% sure because I was just like a really fine, trying to find the time to actually get sit down to watch the film was just a disaster. But uh, yes, I need to get a better time table set out for this podcast and in particular, like I'm dying to get into a lot of stuff here. But uh, I digress. So if like as we're going through the movies and people know them better than I do maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself right now 
that didn't happen. She didn't stab me. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'll admit that there, but I'm just I'm going by what I wrote down fairly quickly because it was like one watch, and it was kind of like I just had time to watch a movie and no more, so I was sitting watching it, and had a notebook there and was just kind of jotting down as I went. Um, yes, uh, Michael drops a knife at this point, and Laurie uses it to stab him in the chest, and he's down out again. Uh, she goes and tells Tommy and Lindsay to go down the street to the neighbour's house to call the police. But after they leave, Michael awakens once again and slowly approaches Laurie. At which point, Loomis, got his name right for a change, sees the kids running from the house and he goes in to investigate only to see Michael attempting to strangle Laurie. Um, Laurie scratches Michael's mask off, uh, distracting them as he puts it back on. Uh, Loomis takes the gun out and he shoots Michael once in the head and five more times in the chest, knocking him off the balcony. And uh, Laurie is distraught at the end of the movie and she asks Dr. Loomis uh, if Michael was the boogeyman, which Loomis confirms. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Loomis walks to the balcony to look down to see that Michael has vanished. Unsurprised, he stares off into the night as Laurie sobs, and that's the end of the movie. There's a... Um, I kind of get the feeling watching this movie, and it was the same throughout the Friday the 13th movies whenever I was going through them, that, you know, it was kind of like one shot and done whenever they were making the movies, and that's what I kind of got from the end of this movie as well, uh, is because, um, you know, you've got Dr. Loomis there, he shoots Michael repeatedly. Michael falls and uh, the body disappears at the end of it. So it leaves you that kind of like an open-ended finish. But at the same time, if they never made a horror movie after this one, then it could be, you know, a satisfactory enough finish to the film. But, uh, yeah, the the cast in here is great. Donald Pleasance is Dr. Loomis. Fantastic, really good on it. Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie. Brilliant. She did such a great, great job in this movie. And she's not really one of these actors or actresses, whatever you want to call them, uh, that I would really sit down to watch. Like, like I've seen bits and pieces of her stuff over the years, but I, I can't actually recall sitting down to myself or thinking to myself before, okay, let's just sit down and watch a Jamie Lee Curtis movie. It's not like a go-to that I would, that I would like, naturally go for, but I uh, enjoyed this movie a heck of a lot. So um, what have we got here as far as the the budget and that went? It had a budget of 300000 to 325000 and uh, the box office came in at $70 million on release it was filmed in South Carolina in the May of 1978 and it premiered in October and uh, yes as I say grossed 70 million becoming one of the most profitable independent films of all time uh, primarily praised for Carpenter's direction and score many critics credit the film as a first in the long line of slasher films inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yeah, I kind of do get that vibe from it. And, uh, oh, I'm just, I'm actually on 
the internet, just looking at this part here, and it just it refers to Bob Clark's Black Christmas from 1974. Now, now that I've seen that, I'm going to take a screen grab of that and keep it tight on the phone. We get around and around about Christmas time on the podcast here. I'm going to watch that movie and I'm going to review it because I have heard people talking about it on and off in the past, and it definitely does sound like something that I should check out. Um, it's, uh, it is considered one of the greatest and most influential horror movies ever made. In 2006, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or uh, aesthetically significant. Wow. I didn't even didn't know that. Uh, of course, spawned a film franchise comprising at the, the writing of this article, anyway, 13 films which helped construct an extensive backstory for its antagonist, Michael Myers. Um, some people have said that and uh, that the continuity of it is... It goes one way, then sometimes it changes it to something else. Like in this first movie, uh, Laurie was just a random girl that he was terrorising in the movie, but apparently... and. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not that well-versed in the Halloween movies, but uh, in later movies, turns out she was his sister. And then other movies, she wasn't his sister. You know, it's just like stuff like that happened. Um, you know, it's the movies went just like uh, Friday the 13th. They went for so long, and then they got a remake. This one here got a remake in uh, 2007 that was followed by a sequel in 2009 an 11th installment which serves as a direct sequel to the original film that retcons all previous sequels was released in 2018 that was followed by two direct sequels which we're getting into familiar territory now as far as actually seeing this stuff popping up online it's like Halloween Kills 2021 and Halloween ends 2022. I'm kind of surprised that those two movies are so closely together. I thought there was more time between them than made. Um, yeah, so additionally tell a lot there. Novelization, a video game comic book series have been based on the film. And uh, yes, that's just, that's got a huge, huge following. And uh, I'm kind of got it now that I've come on here and recorded this podcast and actually said to myself, told you guys that, you know, I've never actually properly watched the Halloween movies before, but I'm definitely going to check them out because um, over just the October just past there, we're just halfway through November here at the moment, uh, 2022, there was a lot of talk on some of the podcasts that I check out about Halloween movies and the Halloween franchise being one of them and uh, people talking about that one movie that had nothing to do with Michael Myers at all was it Season of the Witch you call it was one of the sequels so you know I'm looking forward to checking this stuff out so I think that's going to do it for this um, this little podcast here um, if you did enjoy it 
please uh, give it a little bit of a written review wherever you're checking it out. Uh, follow the show. And you can also email directly to uh, hellmouthhotline at gmail.com and uh, you know, I would very much appreciate any feedback and any um, pointers and suggestions and how I can do this stuff better for you or even uh, suggestions on what movies or TV shows to check out on this podcast because you know I drop the ball a lot as I say like there's a solid month there where I got nothing out whatsoever but um, I'm full of the best of intentions when it comes to the podcast and uh, I'd be very very interested and checking out a heck of a lot of TV shows and movies as far as the horror genre goes. So please feel free to get in contact with the show and give me a few suggestions and stuff to check out and talk about on the podcast. So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I hope you did enjoy it. And until the next one, stay safe and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening. 